Hello, beautiful people. My name is Mitchell, and this is the Back to the Present podcast, where I sit down and discuss this roller coaster we call life with people of all different smells and smiles. On today's podcast, I have my dear friend Tilly, aka Matilda Coates. Tilly's a corrective movement and holistic lifestyle coach. Tilly and I are peers in a three year school of mystery course and have been blessed to ride the roller coaster with another 20 fellow seekers. How are you, Tilly? Good. Thanks, Mitch. Great <laughs> to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. You were one of the you were one of the people that um I was really keen to have on um, when I first started putting this into place. Um, not sure why that is, but obviously there's a there's a resonance there, you know what I mean? And we got to have a couple of good chats when we did our Heart Portal retreat a few months ago. Um, and um, we were just talking then about some questions that I'd noted down and sent you and how it's interesting to uh not overthink things which has been a big thing for me this year um but before we get into them just give us a brief rundown as to um maybe your journey here and um even though i know the answer to this next question what you're doing at the moment (laughs) (laughs) all (laughs) righty how long do you want this to go for (laughs) as long as long as as you want I'm i'm comfortable I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, my journey. So um, to get to, I guess, where I am now and being on this podcast with you, probably the catalyst was back in 2013 when I got really sick with um, adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue, and it ended me up in, well, no, I wasn't up. I was definitely down, um, unable to move for quite a long time and was told that that was sort of my life for the next foreseeable future. And at 17 and when you're an elite athlete being told that you can't do more than maybe get out of bed for a couple of minutes a day to take yourself to the bathroom, um, from going from go, go, go was pretty heartbreaking and pretty hard to see everything I guess you identify yourself as just disappear. And to also go, why is it disappearing? You've done everything right, supposedly. Um, and you're passionate about what it is and what it was, and then it sort of just disappears. So that led me into the arms of um, Donald Carr up in Sydney when he was based there, and that's how I got involved with the Czech um, side of things because within a matter of weeks working alongside Donald, I, I was able to hold a conversation again. I could take myself to the bathroom, I could walk around the house, um, and it just got better and better from there. So it made me realise pretty quickly, well, why is this sort of knowledge hidden? Why is it not out there for everyone? Um, so that led me into studying the Czech philosophy after I sort of finished with my skiing career, which was a few years later. And then from there, when my skiing career ended, um, I hated the mountains, hated the snow, ended up in South America, in the mountains, in the snow, not on skis this time, but on a horse. And <laughs> fell in love with it all again. <laughs> as you do. In the snow on a horse. Yeah. 
Well, it wasn't meant to snow, but it, we had a oh, freak okay. snowstorm. Gotcha. And, yeah, high up in the Andes. Yeah, right. Yeah. In the mountains, in a cave. Oh, <laughs> We're okay. going to get out of this. Sounds but, like a movie. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> My own little Western. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, just surrendering, surrendering to it and realising I can't hate what I've loved for so long. Yeah. It gave me that chance to reflect on what skiing gave me as a career um, but also what it made me as a person. And so I came back to Australia with some pretty cool experiences that happened along that trip that I felt that if I explained to anyone, they'd think I was on some psychedelics off in some other planet, <laughs> sort of not quite present. But when I spoke to Joe um, Rushton, who's our teacher for the um, Master's Way, yes. about it, she said, oh, Tilly, I think you should do this course. It might help explain these experiences that you said you felt and, um, you know, help help you on this path. And so then I said yes to that, and that was the year of COVID. And it's been sort of the last three years of, yeah, opened a channel and then the last two years of Master's Way discovering more of who I am and accepting all the parts, the good, the bad, the ugly, and realising that it's it's all okay. Um, and so, yeah, still just understanding the journey and just learning to sit in it and flow with it rather than fight it or want it to be something else. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then to answer your question of what am I currently doing now, yeah. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, um, just got let go um from a company I was working for so scarily just doing my own thing at the moment um which is great but it, I guess it just pushes me more into needing to advertise and put myself out there more which is daunting in itself but a challenge that's accepted <laughs> yes I know that feeling all too well um yeah I feel the exact same with starting this podcast and kick starting my coaching um coaching side again as well is definitely a um there's just the there's a lot of fear that i guess we get to surrender to and knowing yeah. i just keep telling myself like the last few weeks and stuff like that it's knowing that it's all an opportunity yeah but it's still terrifying. Oh, hundred oh, percent. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong yeah. about that. Like, sometimes it's 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 actually quite daunting. But um, knowing that there is an opportunity, and also for me anyway, it's been knowing that, just accepting that. I know it's an opportunity. I've um, I've fully embodied that, but I haven't fully been able to, and I'm trying to learn to accept that. Sometimes the opportunity is, uh, it's obvious other times it's less obvious sometimes you you sort of you just gotta not yeah that, that's the surrender part like you said before i suppose it's just surrender to it and stop and just just sort of accept that it's not the opportunity is not present right now and you don't know you're like and then you, the daunting part is oh okay well, that's cool like what is it a fucking week is it is it a year for four years yeah. yeah is it a lifetime like oh please <laughs> just let me know now yeah i know yeah i don't know about you but for me the yeah it's funny it's like okay fully understand it's an opportunity for me personally anyway quite easy for me to recognize that however then i'm the controlling part of me um but you know about as well is like um 
it's like, okay, sweet. It's an opportunity, but could you just give me like a, a date? Just, just send me a due, due date and I'll be, I'll be all good until then. And that's not the, well, ever I'm looking for that due date, it ain't, it ain't happening. Yeah, it gets further and further away. I just remember certain things happening and going, why me? What have I done <laughs> this time? And then, you know, a year later you go, I'm so grateful that happened because look at yeah. me now. Because you do, yeah. you flourish afterwards once you sort of accept and acknowledge the fact of the situation or whatever it is. Yeah. That sort of a week later, if you're lucky, or four years later or a lifetime later, you go, wow, actually really glad that happened. I needed that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it and it's and it's 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 easy to obviously overthink it. For, for me, it's trying to just, yeah, let it let it let it come as it will, which is not always easy. I did, I knew you had the um I knew you had the in, uh, that injury. I didn't know exactly when it was and, and the finer details, but I didn't realise like you were bedridden and it was of that serious nature. I, for whatever reason, don't just obviously pull memory on the matter, but yeah, I thought it was just, just ski, skiing career over. I didn't realise it was as No, it was sort of um, life as I knew it sort of came to a crashing halt. I um, oh, yeah. was finishing high school that year okay. and then the yep. 2014 Winter Games were that sort of January, February okay. after that school. Yep. So I was trying to fight for my spot on the Olympic team as well as finish year 12. Oh, wow. And I had the mentality of if I'm not doing it, someone else out there is and they'll be the person that beats me on the day. Mm. Um, so I just kept going and going. And I even remember when I was so sick in bed um, going, oh, I've got enough energy. I could do some sit-ups in bed. Like I can't lose my fitness. I've got to, yeah. you know, mum would walk in going, what are you doing? Like you're, you know, sweating. You're like, you're, you can't even stand, like just stop. And it was just this, I can't stop. Yeah. And I got not turned away from doctors. I had some really lovely doctors. Um, but then just being told that, well, all you can do is rest. To me, that wasn't an option. It was like, surely there's something out there that can help. Yeah. And yeah, with everything that Donal introduced to me um, with to get myself back on my feet, completely changed my life. And, you know, it's contributed to what mum and dad have done at their property now with a massive veggie garden and, you know, with in so many aspects of life. So, again, that's me now going, you know, eight years on, I'm so appreciative. Oh, gosh, actually, nearly 10 years on, I'm so grateful for that happening yeah. because it's helped all of us. Um, yeah in such a big way but yeah my heart rate to put into perspective I'd be lying there and if I went to stand up would go up to 180 and keep climbing oh my god so then it would just be I'd have to lie down otherwise I'd just faint wow so it was yeah it was it was a scary time yeah I can imagine I, yeah um but. something I've been um for whatever reason the last couple of few months and uh yeah, it's one of these things that I've like, I've journaled about and stuff like that. And I've heard people talk about, and you know, when you, I got to forget what the response is called, but when you start to think about things and it's in the forefront of your mind, then you recognize your similarities and stuff with it. And people talk about certain things. This part of us where there's uh, parts of us where there's like these, um, Kim and I actually spoke about a couple of weeks ago, where there's, um, where there's like a, on, on different people call it different things, but I've been calling it like an edge. And it's like an edge of, uh, it's obviously a metaphor, but an edge, physically in some cases, but an edge <laughs> where we are sometimes aware of it, but often in fear of like jumping over that edge. And like we've all got it and it seems like 
as Cam and I were talking about, that um, sometimes you sort of progress towards that edge and for whatever reason, you're just not ready to jump, you know, and then um, sometimes you sometimes you do jump. And I was thinking about last night as I was journaling about it, and it was funny because it was like sometimes we can get to the edge, sometimes we don't know where the edge is, and then other times as we become aware of it, we know where it is and we go to it and we're scared and we're not ready to jump so we don't jump and then eventually for whatever reason we just keep persisting we keep persisting bigger persistent and then we're standing at that edge and we're like fuck it let's go (laughs) and that was it that's what come to me so it was just like it was like okay so you can jump and you know what there might be a it might be a hard landing and you it might be um it might be painful you know in one way yeah whether and you learn it could be a soft landing or you could fly. <laughs> so you've got a few options and I'm sure there's more options, but this is what was coming to me last night anyway. Yeah, and it was, um, beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting because the other thing is as well, for what, what I find interesting and I, and I have no idea what it is yet, but I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about it before is that, um, for lack of a better word, the drive behind us that's pushing us to that edge. You know what I mean, and it's 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 quite unknown, but um, but it's always there. You know, in different aspects of our life, we seem to be pushed a little bit harder and a little bit faster in some areas. Maybe it's just when we're ready to be pushed. I'm not sure. And there's a small lack of resistance. I don't, I don't know yet, but it's it's um yeah, like you said, with that, well, lots of us have those catalyst moments, and I and I and that feels like it's those edges. You know, like yours was, I mean, I'm not trying to put it into my own words, but yours was like you were sort of pushed over that edge, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny at the time, it was just like, what have I done wrong? I've done everything wrong. Like if I could go back as an athlete, I'd change my headspace, but that's the only thing I could fault. Like I was, you know, so dedicated, but I had such massive self-doubt. Yeah. But I look back now and I go, my choices led me to getting sick and yeah. therefore led me to this path. Yeah. But if you had told me then, Tilly, your choices have led you to you being sick, I would have told you to fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not what I want. Yeah. I haven't asked yeah. to be sick. I haven't asked for my dream to crumble. Yeah. But to look back now and go, you know what? I own the choices I made that led me to get sick mm. because yeah. that's enabled me to now do what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I've been able to grow and learn so much from that experience. And as you said, now I can fly. Yeah, when it first happened, yeah, I hit the ground pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty hard reality. And you yeah. know, and you kind of go, "Am I ever going to get out of this darkness?" Yeah. But I, you know, it's that slowly but surely you do. It's just you know, little stepping stones along the way, and then you realize, well, hang on, if that didn't happen, where would I would where would I be now? I don't think I'd ever want to change it. Absolutely. So I think that's where that divine timing comes yeah. into play. The lovely divine timing. Yeah. Sometimes you yeah. want to hear, sometimes yeah. you don't. No, no. And it's funny because you it's it's like you didn't uh using that edge analogy again, what come up was like you didn't you didn't fly as someone pushed you, you had to learn to fly, you know. What oh, I mean? like, absolutely. Had to put pieces back together to get up to be able to fly. <laughs> yeah, which is just another yeah. option. They're endless. Yeah. I think um what you said is another one that um, I've been able to um, sort of own is what you said about owning our choices and being like fully, fully like 
truly aware that absolutely everything that's going on around us is our choice mm. and it's hard, hard reality to face it's, it's so hard to face however the more i've been able to accept it and embody that it's funny the easier um the easier things have been even in this even the hard things have been easier because i've just i don't know whether it's through practice or whatever it is it just maybe just maybe it is just acceptance acceptance i'm not 100 percent sure but the knowing that you know if, if this happens again it's an opportunity and and that that was that was what i want that's what I, what i chose you know what i mean and for a lot of people don't get me wrong myself included a few years ago a year ago two years ago um it was i sort of had heard own your choices type things before but i didn't really like i i, I would this is what i do actually i would own the good choices the luck the yeah benefits, you know what I mean? just the, the small things the big things i'd be like i oh, am yeah, own that but then when the um quote unquote bad things would happen i wouldn't i wouldn't have the ability to accept them and and own them and i think the power for me anyway for, on the on all of it has been able to own all of them which is pretty hard sometimes oh absolutely and it's you know and for anyone listening it's so triggering when you hear your choices are your, your oh, choices no, no. Are your yeah, own yeah, because yeah. you go well i didn't choose this or you know yeah. but as you said you, we choose to acknowledge that good stuff but then as much as we don't choose to acknowledge the bad stuff, we allow that so-called bad stuff to kind of dominate yes. our life and our forefront yeah. present moment. Yeah. So it's, but it is, it's so triggering that, you know, you own your choices. But once you start to own them with the practice, you kind of, you're able to sort of, like for me, I find I can actually sort of come out of the situation yeah. and sort of just sit back and observe what's going on. Yeah. And, and then you kind of go, all right, good one, Tilly. You chose this. Let's listen. Let's not do this again. Yeah. You know, because you're able to actively listen rather than just sort of keep hitting the wall mm. until you kind of realize, hang on, what am I choosing here? Because I keep getting faced with the same thing. It might be through different yeah. ways, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing that's happening, or that you know, there's that theme that sort of is underlying. So you sort of finally, eventually, allow yourself to wake up and go, okay. What's the message here? Yeah. What choices am I making that keeps leading to this outcome? Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it takes a it takes a few instances and experiences to learn the lesson. Yeah. I said that before. Sometimes we just learn it in bits and pieces and yeah. just keeps coming back, which is which is fun. <laughs> oh yes, it's divine. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. I think um, I like it when I can finally go, I get it now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, and you know what? Oh my god! I don't know about you, but those aha, I get it moments. Yeah. It's usually it's like it's from like it's from the absolute simplest possible thing. Like it could be just like there'd be one thing that you just like you know, haven't really learned to accept, or you just keep pushing away because you maybe in the, in the examples that I'm thinking of, you're thinking that it's got nothing to do with um, the the potential lesson. So you're like, no, 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 and then. And then when you finally let it go, you're like, that was it. You mean fucking it took me three years and all I had to do was let that one go? It's like, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> Make it easier. Yeah. Oh, God. But we need to not fly to then fly. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. There's a lot of um, falling and, yeah, broken bones before we start flying. <laughs> um, Absolutely. <laughs> I, a question I wanted to ask you, um, which is sort of on the topic of, 
um, the course we do the master's way, but also I know you do um, a fair bit of group work and stuff like that. I, I just wanted to hear your opinion on the power and sort of why you think group work is, um, is so important. I think for me, the group work is something I never really did. Um, being from an individual sport, individual background, it was me, myself and I, and that was it, and my skis. Um, and coming into Open to Channel a few years ago and being in a space where it was, a you know, a group, there's that sacred space um, for us to sort of really be our vulnerable selves when we allow it. And that can be sharing such the beautiful high moments. And then the next week can be sharing the absolute rawest, heaviest, darkest moments that you didn't even know you were holding inside you. But you can walk away from the circle going, I feel so much better. I feel supported. I feel held. I don't feel judged. And I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed in group work through the master's way. Um, but also recently just being part of a woman's circle um, down in the community that I live in and realising that we all have our story. Everyone we walk past every day has their own, you know, almost like their own deck of cards that they're dealt with and the way they play them is up to them. Again, coming back to the choices we have. And it's easy from the outside to go, oh, you know, hey, Mitch is this and that but I don't know what's really behind Mitch because if I haven't asked you or, you know, I don't know you well enough, you know, it's easy to quickly make assumptions rather than to completely understand. So when you have this space of a circle, whether it be, you know, as we do our classes over Zoom or if it be in person, and to give the person who is sharing that chance to share wholeheartedly with no interruption and for them to just be able to speak is so powerful. And I think it comes right back to almost that tribal part of ourselves that just wants to be in community, wants to belong. And I think the biggest gift we give each other is that active listening. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to fix anything. You just need to be. And to be able to give that eye contact, to be able to give, you know, that body language of, yeah, I'm listening and know that there's no judgment, there's no shame, there's no how dare you say that or that's hurtful. It doesn't even have to make sense what you're saying or what you're sharing. It can just can just be. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the group space is that you are just allowed to be your complete authentic self. Um, and, you know, obviously the first time you meet as a group, when you do do group work, you're not going to be or you might be, you might be able to be really open. It can take time, but eventually you realise that we've all got our stories to share and it, in that sharing it helps each other as well. So it's sort of like if I heal this part of me, it enables, you know, the people in the group to heal that part of themselves, but then they might have a part that needs healing and therefore that helps open the part of me that I need healing with too. And I think it's just this beautiful you know, you're giving and receiving to one another by just being able to be vulnerable and actively listen. And I think it really makes you feel, I guess, more human because when you hear people share their most vulnerable sides, you kind of go, wow, okay, maybe the thoughts I have are normal. Maybe I'm not alone, you know, that we're all in this together and it might be they receive it differently or perceive it differently and that's completely fine, but it all helps us sort of bring our own pieces of the puzzle home. Yeah, yeah, so, Absolutely. I hear what you're saying. And it's, it is a, like, it's beautifully said because it is that connection. It's, it's unbelievably powerful. And um, 
like you said, it's not even even when you're vulnerable, it's it's you feel like you're releasing certain things, but you you, you get so much from other people being vulnerable and yeah. everybody holding that space, and um, yeah, it's 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 really invaluable. For, for like I, I, myself, haven't done a lot of it prior to the master's way, you know, and um, just just being able to be open with people that are actively going to listen like you said and aren't there to judge you is um yeah I, I, it's, it's actually quite hard to explain really isn't it yeah. i suppose that's the power that's the power of the work that's yeah cool. absolutely it's uplifting because you sort of yeah yeah you just allow yourself to surrender and go you know what these are my thoughts this yep. is what's going on i'm going to own it yep. and it you know even if you feel like you're not ready to acknowledge it acknowledge it by just being in that space, yep. you are acknowledging it. Even if you don't actively open and communicate it, you're taking it there to that space, whether you speak it out loud or not. And that that's healing in itself. Yeah, I've, I've not thought of it like that, but you're 100% you're right. There is definitely a part of it where you don't even need to say something because when the connection is so strong, which it is like in our, in our group, um, there's something, um, yeah, there's something about it that's it's unbelievable. So that's good. We had, we, we, the woman's circle that you were part of, that was yeah. last week? Yeah, so it's once a, mo- once a month okay. um, with these lovely ladies. And, it's yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And I think it's um, I was actually saying to my um, family the other night going, we should do it where everyone gets a chance to just speak with no interruptions and whoever's, you know, and what they speak about in this circle that I'm a part of is to actually really show you're listening and that's eye contact. And it sounds so simple to look at someone in the eyes when they're speaking, but then you realise when you walk down to the shops or you're talking to someone, you don't often often look at their eyes because sometimes that can be really intimidating to go, okay, I'm going to look at them in the eyes and acknowledge their presence or, you know, you try and dart away from the eye contact for whatever reason. But I think when you really enable yourself to look and listen um, and not feel that you have to jump in mm. or offer any advice, yeah. you're enabling that person to really let out what they're needing to communicate. Yes. And that's, yeah, that's huge. Because when you think about when you have conversations with people and, like, I look back on times in my life where I go, oh, yeah, I remember that happening or talking to this person, you go, I didn't actually think they were listening or I wasn't listening. Like, and then you find out years later, gosh, if I had just listened, Mm. you know, or so you just realize there's so much power in just listening. And by just listening, you're actually doing so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, my old mentality was like, okay, but yeah, how can I fix this for you? How can I make it better? How can I get you out of this? We're realizing I don't need to do anything. Just listen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think I, to be perfectly honest, I don't think for the first 33 years, I'm only 34, but I don't think for the first 33 years of my life, I actually ever listened. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, I think every single time, like I I always had, and I think everybody does actually in saying that, the right intention in trying to, you know, help. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Um, But the actual, actually, actual active listening and not saying like literally anything just being there for that person or just listening to that person. I don't know about you or other people, but it is hard. And it's probably why basically nobody does it because it is really, really hard to do. 
you know? Oh, absolutely. My nickname as a kid, and it still is my nickname, is Chatty Maddie. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I was like, oh, here she goes again. Um, and I just get so excited that I have to talk and I'm always apologising. I'm sorry I've interrupted you. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, I'm still learning to be yeah. a listener. But oh, I, I do, I, like with this circle, for example, you you have to listen because it's one of the protocol protocols of coming into this space is you do not interrupt, you let the person speak. So it's good because it's forcing me but not forcing me to be quiet yeah. and listen. Yeah. And it's great because at other times now I'm starting to go, okay, Tilly, listen. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, when you, it's sort of like, you know, it's getting a bit better, then you're going to go, oh, Tilly, you got too excited again. <laughs> like bloody hell. <laughs> like, pipe it down. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. hard when you, when you, you like to express yourself ver- verbally and you're probably used to it and stuff like that. It's also, I was just thinking it's, it's hard when you're, um, when you're doing it with somebody that's not, that's not used to it like and and is it something because lots of people i suppose like everybody i really i suppose at one stage of their lives sort of expect you to say something either to tell them how to fix the problem not not always of course but tell them how to fix the problem or, or do they want your opinion and when you just don't say anything and you just sit there what can trigger them it can tri- it can trigger them yeah. but it's also if it doesn't trigger them to the point where the conversation gets a bit heated i've noticed anyway um they, which I think is what you said before, they then, uh, you can tell something's going on in their mind where they're not getting a response. So they're actually, they're spilling out whatever it is a lot easier and just, then it just starts to flow. And then then when they sort of realize that they're actually not going to get a response, it's just, it's just coming out. It's just a a waterfall. And also it enables them to go, oh, that's it. Because by them being able to be that waterfall of, you know, being able to open up and everything, they're able to kind of understand it and accept it and acknowledge it Mm. themselves without any interruption. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's becoming more, more popular probably because the information's more readily available these days, but things, things like active listening and stuff like that, like I, I think it's huge. Like it's, it's a, it's even doing it with, the girls like just letting them my little girls just letting them just talk you know what i mean and and and, and recognizing they'll say something that'll trigger me it's trigger me and and i'll go to say something and i'm like oh and it's like, no no stop and you know <laughs> take, take, yeah. take a breath like the, the girls of we we know um to when when they're getting a bit heated if you can catch it, the, the the younger one, Luna, who's only four, she's actually she's she's so good at it. C- catch herself and I just and if it catch it before she's like crying and the emotions are a little bit too much, and get her to breathe, she'll just like she'll just be like she she can just do one breath. She'll be like, and oh wow, can she teach me that? <laughs> hey, you no. Know, so I've been practicing this for years, and every now and then, when something happens to me, Lou will come up to me, and go, "Dad, just take a breath." And I'm like, "Oh, sorry." It's like my mum saying, "What universal law is that one?" Thing? <laughs> as soon as she started doing open channel, I was like, yeah. "Mom, just because you've started this course now doesn't mean you can dish it back." <laughs> but, but how? But how? Like the the breathing and the and that kind of stuff. That all, all of it and the listening and stuff. Like if you if you have that gift, that power as a child, like oh. I just, 
Amazing. I, I don't know. I'm not sure how, how, how it pans out, but you, you can imagine the, um, yeah, you can imagine the, the, the power in it learning it at such a young age that that oh. becomes your, that becomes your um, habit. It's a good habit to have, isn't it? No, absolutely. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and she was speaking about making um, emotional intelligence in kids, you know, to make awesome human beings is so important at a young age. And obviously she's got some young kids and I think he's nine or maybe a bit younger and he went up to his school teacher and said, I can see you're clearly not okay. I think you should take a breath and we can help you out. Mm. And she was laughing going, if that was a nine-year-old coming up to me when I was having a moment of like not coping, the last thing you want is a nine-year-old telling you to take a breath and acknowledge that you're not okay. Yes, yes. And she said the teacher called her or something and just said, wow, like it was really beautiful and amazing, um, triggering, yes. <laughs> so powerful. And I think it's so true that, you know, if we can teach kids to mm. realise that, hey, they can take a breath, they can acknowledge how they're feeling and know that it's okay to be angry, to be happy, to be sad and not feel that it's someone else's problem or whatever it is and just acknowledge it for themselves. It's huge. That's awesome. Four years old and already doing it. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing that I I realise is sometimes it was triggering and I'm better at it now when it happens. But what I realise is like um, and probably most people, realize this with young kids or just being around young kids is they're actually pr- probably more in tune with what's going on emotionally and internally than adults. Like they, they, they know when I'm in a bad mood and, and vice yeah. versa. And you know what I mean? And that they're, well, they're so present at that young age. So, like that's, so they've got there right now. Yeah. And that's yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So um, brings us to our, my, the next question that I want to ask you, which is um, about a couple of universal uh laws um you know there's a few there's two in particular that come up a lot in the course that we're doing and that's um your resistance and resonance um i know you are very familiar with these um intellectually but also well i suppose the intellectually comes from the practice of course um so if you can just um tell us your opinion on those very powerful. Just a casual little question, Mitch. Thanks. <laughs> You've only got five minutes. No, I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Shut up, chatty Maddie. <laughs> Get on with it. No, um, yeah, I know they're big ones, but I guess law of resonance is that that mirror that you can hold up to yourself um, and also what other people hold up to you because I, I think for a long time, um Yeah, I look sort of at my life after skiing or that competitive side of skiing and I was very much in my own little bubble. If anyone wanted to help me, it was like, I don't need your help. I don't like, you know, I was not, well, yeah, I guess triggered by people wanting to help and I didn't want to let people in. And when learning about these universal laws, I realised the law of resonance by me blocking off people, it was actually showing me that I was blocking off myself from my true self. It was like, okay, if I can push these things away, I can push parts of me away. I don't need, you know, I don't need help. I'm fine. Or I don't need that. I'm, you know, but realizing, hang on till you're not actually listening and looking in yourself. You're putting it externally out there when really this mirror is saying, Tilly, it's time, you know, look in. What, why are you abandoning that for yourself? Why are you 
not thinking you're worthy enough or deserving of this or that. Um, so, yeah, for me, the law of resonance has been a huge one and it's a constant one because it's so, that beautiful one that when you're triggered, and I'd like to think now I'm such a lovely, more peaceful, calm, incredible person <laughs> compared to before these courses where I would react, I would take things to heart probably a bit more than I should. And, yeah, I think the law of resonance has really made me just be able to look at situations that are so-called triggering and go, okay, what's this about this situation that is triggering me? And realising it doesn't have to be, say, if you said something that upset me or triggered me, it doesn't have to be the words that you used. It could just be the emotional feeling that I've had inside, you know, that I have to acknowledge, you know, and it's sort of taking the story out of it and going, okay, what has this brought up in me? What am I actually feeling? And go, okay, that's the part that's asking to be acknowledged. And just, you know, as your beautiful four-year-old, just breathing with that, you know, just being able to breathe with that part of you that's asking to be acknowledged, asking to be heard, you know, sometimes that's all you need to do for it and you can, you know, let let it go. And other times, you know, it might be you've got to come back and reflect on it a bit more and do some inner work to really heal that part. But just by acknowledging that it's there and realising it's within you because that's what the law of resonance is, it will show you, um, is, yeah, really healing. Yeah. But it's a hard one because sometimes you don't want to see what the mirror has to show. Yeah. Almost, sometimes you want to look the other way. <laughs> yeah, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like you, you I suppose the, you, you can sometimes not realise. There's obviously a part of us that don't realise that it is actually a mirror. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. And then there's a part of us that kind of a peeking at the mirror and we can see a little bit of it and we're still a little bit um we're neglecting it a little bit and then there's the part of it that we're seeing it and then there's the again there's that opportunity to either do something about it um or, or not for for whatever reason when we're ready and stuff like that but like you said just acknowledging it and letting a little bit of air out of that balloon is um it's actually yeah i i don't know if it's the start of working with it I, I know for me personally when i see it and see that um mirror in front of me yeah like the for me to be able to start to work with it it definitely feels like i need to actually honor it first regardless of what it is because if i if i for whatever reason for me i've, I've noticed recently is if i don't honor it first um so i'll try it sometimes i'll try and accept it not realizing that i excuse me, not realizing that I actually need to honor it first. It's because when I accept it and I don't honor it um, or honor it enough, whatever word you want to use, it comes back again. Do you know what I mean? So it's only when I'm truly honoring it because sometimes I think I'm honoring it and um, and willing to work with it or accept it, but then it comes back again. And then, I, yeah. and then for, for whatever reason, then I realize I didn't actually honor it. <laughs> Yeah, because there's a part of you that doesn't or doesn't want to or not ready to, yes. and that, that's also completely fine. Yeah. Like I remember when we started um, with our course we do, the Heart Temple, where you, you know, it's that beautiful journey where you get to take a part, a part in or allow a part to come forward and sort of go on the journey to be healed. And I remember Joe sharing with us, you can't force it. Like mm -hmm. if it's not ready, it's not ready. The more you force it, the more it's going to put its wall, wall up. And I was like, oh, that makes sense because I was going to the Heart Temple going, cool, you're coming with me, you're coming with me, let's, you know, let's fix this, let's make yeah. it happen. Yeah. And then just going, why is it not working? 
(laughs) You know, again, I'm doing everything. But sometimes being ready. Yeah. Sometimes all it needs is just to be honored. Yeah. And then when it's ready, it can be accepted and it can be acknowledged. And it for years it might it might never happen. But at least it's been honored and sometimes that all it that's all it needs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's honoring it. You're not honoring it if if you if you've got some type of expectation from it. Oh yeah. You? you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not, you know you're not And that's ch- another big one. Oh gosh, expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just I'm using myself as examples as you as you describe this, you know, and it's it's very true. Like if, if it's not tr- truly honoured, then it's you just there's there's just such a, a part of it that just um yeah i suppose it's just that comes back to that being ready Um, yeah but yeah it's just like you said with the expectations it's like if we put if we honor it with an expectation it will be fixed yeah yeah we're not honoring it are we because we're not allowing it to be what it is we're putting a judgment on it that it needs to be better or it needs to be there isn't there yeah yeah i I honor this but and it's like yeah (laughs) you're not good enough it again <laughs> Damn it. go back to go <laughs> back to the heart temple <laughs> where's tilly she's lost in the heart temple <laughs> never getting out <laughs> it's, it's it honestly it's really hard like when like sitting in I, I i get a lot out of sitting in stillness and um and, and like you said you, you take certain things um you take certain things there and it's been hard for me to just sit and sometimes either not receive anything or you know what i mean or just become aware and accept the fact that for whatever reason that not not everything has to there's a time and place for things to surface you know and it's not always it's not always there you know i had had this expectation now that you know you sit in stillness and you wait for things to come to you you yeah, I'm, I'm expecting them to come to me, you know, and while ever I'm expecting them, what I found for myself was the things uh, that I was getting, um, they were very, um, yeah, they were very mind focused and, and ego driven because of probably because of that high, ex- high expectation and the, the true gift was, um is not was is when i don't have that expectation which is i don't like that's still it's not i mean for me anyway it, it's not easy <laughs> no it isn't and it's a dance because like obviously when we stepped into this work at the beginning you know you go into the sit you know the breath of life or you go into these meditations that we do and you know sometimes something will happen so then the next time you expect something just as grand to happen and when it doesn't you go well why what am i doing wrong why why is that not happened? Why am I not receiving? What, you know, what, you know, what is it? But then when you realize that you're just there to receive, whether it's something you can see, label, you know, label and articulate, or if it's something that you can't express, you realize the more that you let your mind go, you can feel the difference. I guess what I'm saying is you can feel the difference in frequency. Yes. So like at the beginning, when we go to sit to receive. It is very much the mind, very much the ego that's going, oh, yeah, Tilly, this is how you feel. Yeah, woo, how great is this? <laughs> or, you know, and then but when you actually just allow yourself to receive without that mind and ego getting involved, mm. the frequency that's coming through is undeniable. Yeah, yeah. And you realise you don't need to be able to explain it in words. Yes. 
you can just accept it for for what it is and you know that is another really triggering expression <laughs> that was at the beginning of this work is it is what it is it's like I don't want it to be what it is <laughs> But really now you can go, yeah, it is what it is. Like that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's, yeah. Undeniable, it's a good word. I've been using the word um, knowing, and I think the knowing and the undeniable are the same thing in this instance anyway. Because yeah. it, it, re it, really, it really is. And I'm, and I'm sure even people that, this is the thing, right, because even the people that haven't done this, this specific course that we're talking about, I truly believe everybody at some point in their life has has had that undeniable feeling and, and oh, yeah. you don't you can't it's maybe it's got a lot not always obviously but there, there is a part of it where you, you can't explain it but that that also feels quite synonymous with the um undeniable aspect of it as like you just it's just it's just it just is is like what you said which is yeah. um which is always a hard one because because it's it's something that we're obviously very interested in doing this work um, and we have these conversations about this kind of stuff but they're always well, not always sorry I shouldn't say that but there does definitely feel like there comes a point we can't actually articulate a certain component to that work um, and maybe not maybe and I suppose thinking about it now like that's the beautiful part about it is there's actually beyond it is beyond words do, do you know yeah. what I mean? like there's there's just and and coming back to it honoring the fact that <laughs> can't explain it it is what it is move on it's, but that comes back to like the active listening you're not doing anything other than just being there for the person sharing and yeah. how powerful is that when you truly actively listen you're yeah. getting something they're getting something but yeah. technically you're not doing anything yet you're doing everything yeah, yeah, and and and, act, and and actively listening to yourself. Yeah, without having to, um, yeah, without having to conceptualize or think about it in any way at all. Yeah, is hard, and that that that's possibly thinking about it now. That's possibly why it's it's um, it's also it's still a challenge to um, yeah, to actively listen to people because I also am challenged by actively listening to myself yeah wow i'd agree with you there with me as well yeah yeah <laughs> like well, better to be busy tilly than to listen to yourself <laughs> <laughs> well it's just it's come on like it's 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 so easy to be busy and it's oh. so easy to everybody knows everybody yeah, knows it's so easy to be busy these days it's just ridiculous the amount of distraction and stuff that we have it's um it's 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 hard i've realized recently as well that like um even though it is very hard there's huge opportunity in um or for me i was saying this to my brothers um that that we have a call with every now like just a chat with every now and then yesterday the day before yesterday um i feel like i've like rushed i'm, I'm, I'm a rushaholic right i'm a recovering yeah. rushaholic i feel like i've rushed my whole yeah. fucking life seriously yeah. i feel like almost everything i've ever done and i look back at it i always feel like i was doing things not not always necessarily for the sake of doing things which there was a part of that too and, and yeah. people pleasing and stuff like but doing things um 
for an outcome to move on to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And whether that be like even attempting to, to, to multitask different things and doing something to move on to, to whatever reason and, and realizing the thing that I realized the most about other than the fact that I do that was that then the opportunity in being a, um, a Russia holic, a recovering Russia holic <laughs> is that because I'm aware of it, yeah. I get to honor it. I, I then also get to learn to not rush because I know what the rushing was like. Yeah. Almost always, because then when I'm not rushing, things are so much just, there's no real word, peaceful, better. Like everything's just, everything just feels easier, actually, is a good word for it. Um, not having to force things and just, um, and just do things at a, like a reasonable pace rather than having to fit everything in. And, um, you know, because we're always doing something. So it's like, what, what, what am I doing? You know, am I trying to do 25 things today for the sake of doing 25 things or could I just do, and sometimes there might be a need for that, probably is a need for that. And, uh, other times is happy to just do two things and do them all day and do, you know, do you do other things amongst those two things, but at the same time, not have to worry about all these extra bits of food on my plate, which is probably a good metaphor for, for, for eating as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think we spoke about that at the heart portal. We did, retreat. Yeah. We were both like, oh, we're eating very quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's just one thing. Like I said, yeah. that's, 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 I think it's beautiful being a Russia holic has enabled you to now learn that when you're still, how yeah. much, you know, how much you can enjoy that stillness rather than feel that you need to fit in these things for the sake of fitting things in because you've got that time to be. Um, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to have it without having that Russiaholic time. No, no, no definitely not. And, yeah. and, and, and what a gift. It is a gift. And it, it's a gift that I'm, I think I'm still actually only learning to unpack because it's only been um, recently. But what I have noticed is that I'm getting better at um, recognising in the middle of the rush that I'm just rushing for the sake of it. You know what I mean? Like I'll be rushing in the car to get somewhere and I'm like, what the fuck am I rushing for for an extra three minutes, like or five yeah. minutes or whatever it is. And the, um, and the, when I recognize that and I'm like, and, and I just like take a breath or whatever it is I choose to do. I'm like, Oh, it just, everything feels easy again. I'm like, Oh, cool. That's all I yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I suppose it'll take, it'll take a while to get to that place. But again, like you said, it's, it's the opportunity of knowing, the other thing as well was for me, it was like, it was the awareness that if I need to do 25 things, I can do it. Like I'm good at doing a lot of shit, <laughs> which, is, which is, which is cool, but it's just, yeah. it's just, it no longer serves the purpose that it used to. Um, yeah. so it's nice knowing that I can do that if I need to do it, but like, it's just, yeah, maybe it's, it's that, that's that edge again. You know what I mean? I've gotten to the edge. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm like, it's not, it's not me anymore. I'm sick of sick of rushing i've done it for half my life i'm just gonna try yeah, and no, I get that try and, try and well, that was me at the beginning of all this you know work that we've been doing with joe was these are the goals this is what's got to be done by this by then this is where you need to be and then i think it was sort of halfway through last year i was like oh i'm not meeting those goals oh oh and then going who cares like, it's okay. My life doesn't depend on it. It wasn't, they were only goals I was setting for myself. 
and realizing that things can change and you can let go and just because you've done something one way your whole life doesn't mean that's going to define you for the rest of your life you're allowed to change and adapt and that's been huge because now I go oh I'm running late I'm running late like what am I gonna do about it I'm stuck behind someone driving 60 and 100k that's okay like you know time to look at the trees (laughs) it's all right so yeah it is it's just realizing that yeah if you need a rush you know you're good at it and if you don't need it's nice to smell the flowers and you know be able to look at the ocean and the stars and the sky and go wow how awesome is living so yeah Yeah. yeah, no don't get me wrong i intend on having multiple relapses (laughs) (laughs) probably probably daily for the next couple of years I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> we kind of touched on this, not specifically as to what I'm about to ask um, in regards to the pain teacher, um, yeah. pain teacher being a um, a concept that we've learnt from Paul Check, and I'm not sure where he got it from, although I have heard him say it before, but that doesn't really matter right now. Um, in the, in um, in the sense that it's it's an, another opportunity um and often we the pain teacher is becomes more present or is more obvious apologies is more obvious physically to us um and there's a part of us that needs to resolve that pain physically um however we also know that the physical pain is often related to something um deeper um so we can listen to the physical pain and we if we've got a sore foot we can uh choose not to walk on it and it may or may not get it better or we can choose to just keep walking on it and i suppose it may or may not get better it probably won't depending on where the pain's come from but um using that pain teacher or how have you used that pain teacher and how have you learned to listen to it the, the the deeper listening not just the not not you don't get to just say don't walk on the foot (laughs) (laughs) you can you can because you you should walk on the foot (laughs) well i i didn't listen to the pain teacher i told it to piss off the timing wasn't right come back another time (laughs) that little kid song of rain rain go away come back another day it was pain pain go away come back you know another time i've not used that yeah But, um, yeah, I didn't listen. So the pain teacher decided to put me in the ground and be like, well, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to, you know, your body's going to shut down, which is what it did. Um, So then it was I had to listen. Otherwise, that, you know, I was so sick that that could have been it. So, um, yeah, I had to listen. didn't mean that I learnt my lesson. I, (laughs) a few years later, got back into skiing, um, had a few crashes, didn't listen to my back being in pain, went, I'll be fine. You, you've got this. You've just had a few years off. Like, you can't be sick. Like, it was, again, timing's not right. You cannot be injured, Tilly. Like, this is not happening. And, again, I didn't listen, end up hurting my back. And then a little while later I went, oh, my back's related to my adrenal fatigue because where I hurt my back is where my adrenal glands sit. And that made me go, okay, I've really got to listen when my body is too high in cortisol. I've really got to listen when my, you know, my body's doing this because it's telling me, hey, you've got to slow down. You've got to take a step back. Um, and so, yeah, over the last 
yeah, nine to ten years, I've really kind of started to listen more since those in, that incident. Um, but then, as you said, pain's not always physical. Sometimes, you know, the pain can come through in ways that it's hard to be able to comprehend and communicate because you go, where is, where is this thought or where is this feeling coming from? Um, and then it can sometimes express itself through the physical once you've acknowledged it on that spiritual, mental level um, or emotional level it then decides to come out through the physical later on. And it's sort of like it's that last release of it finally being able to let go. But, um, yeah, with the pain teacher, I think now, you know, I still have my moments of, again, pain, pain, go away. Um, but it's realising that, hey, it's here to tell me something. I'm obviously not listening to what's going on inside, in, you know, internally um, in that spiritual, emotional, mental capacity. And now the physical is getting involved because it's demanding me to stop it's demanding me to say hey take a look at this we've got to we've got to work with this otherwise it's going to implode and I've been I guess with adrenal fatigue I was on the implode um I did implode so I don't want to go back there because I know how hard it was to get out of that space um you know like for me as well I didn't I always was like depression's a choice and I could never understand when someone was like, they're depressed. I had no empathy for it. I was like, what do you mean? Like, life is awesome. And then I found myself so depressed and so just like not wanting to be here. And it was just like, oh, shit, this is not a choice. <laughs> I was like, it really sucks. And, and, you know, yes, coming back, your choices lead you there in some way they do. But sometimes the pain that you're feeling, you can't put it down to an event it might be an event or a situation that's triggered that pain or emotion to come up. But once you acknowledge it and you really accept what's trying to come through or what, you know, what it's trying to teach you, whether that be to, hey, Tilly, rest. You can have a day off. You can do nothing. That's okay. Or if it's, you know, take more time to, you know, whatever it is, it's just, yeah, learning to listen to that pain teacher before it puts you in the ground is um it's a hard lesson but it's yeah it's yeah I don't know the pain teacher is definitely there <laughs> yeah, but, yeah I think it's, just... if you know if you have the idea of the pain teacher because this is something that you know like the idea of if you know what the pain teacher is right if you have the general idea of the pain teacher when you have some pain in your body as an example like you said it's, it's often the last resort type thing then you can go, oh, okay, I'm just trying to think of something is sore, but something, something, something sore. Um, that's the opportunity to have a little bit deeper as to see what the link is yeah. internally and, and whatnot. Um, I suppose the challenging thing is, and maybe this is um, just getting uh, in, more in tune with ourselves, is catching that pain teacher before it becomes physical. Because it can be, I suppose it can be sort of depression, but that's almost I'm just thinking out loud. Obviously, that's it's not that's too late. Like that's then the opportunity, and so I suppose maybe well, it's a crisis point, isn't it? Yeah. It's, so I suppose yeah. there is. There's always going to be a crisis point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's a there's a there's a crisis point, and it manifests differently for different yeah opportunities. But Doesn't... I think, like we said before, it's that coming back to acknowledging and honour or just even just honouring those parts of ourselves that are triggered or yep. cause us a bit of turmoil and realising if we can grab it there, yep. 
then maybe we can lessen the chance of it coming out as a physical yes supposedly yeah um later down the line yeah and i think Again, I that guess. comes back to that listening doesn't it yeah yeah it's it's yeah. Yeah, for sure and I, and i think also because um the other thing with the pain teacher is come the thing that i'm thinking about now is like when it comes up as physical um people are good at relieving that pain with medication um alcohol things along the, that nature um which just means it's a band-aid in a problem that's getting significantly worse and i suppose that comes down to lots of people um being sick uh which is not pretty um but it's it's hard because you can't if you if you if you if you don't know what the pain teacher if you're not aware of the pain teacher and you just think it's pain someone's told you to take this to relieve the pain you're going to take it because yeah. you don't want to deal Hope with it's going to get yeah you don't want to be in you the want pain. to deal with the pain yeah mm. you, and so you take it not knowing that there's more to it um and i suppose that's like that's the value in um that holistic approach is um you sort of come into the under, understanding that those types of things are a band-aid and they may work here and there but at the end of the day they're not going to do anything for you <laughs> Well, yeah, and it, yeah, it gets back to that pain of when you're in that situation is asking yourself, well, hang on, if I'm honest with myself, where's it coming from? Mm. And what's it, how's it making me feel? Yeah. And it's honouring that and then going, oh, yeah, okay, I can, I can work with that. You might need assistance from, you know, the medical world yeah. and you might, you know, and other practitioners and you might just need to, it might just be something as simple as honouring what it is. Yeah. And sometimes pain can go. Like I used to have really bad ovary pain on my left side and it wasn't until we did a meditation in Open to Channel um, and I'd be hospitalised once a year thinking I was having appendicitis. Yeah. Um, but then they're just like, oh, you've had an ovarian cyst. Like we can't see that you had one, but there's fluid, so we think that's what it is. And, um, you know, they looked for other things. They couldn't sort of diagnose me with anything. And then it was through this one activation where it asked us to go to a place in our body where there was pain and work with it. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go because I had just gotten out of hospital and I was just like, okay, perfect timing with this meditation as it always is. Um, I was like, I'm going to go to this left ovary. And, like, I don't know how to describe it other than it got so painful but it honestly felt like this part just left me. It just was like I'm done. And ever, honestly, ever since then, I haven't had I haven't had to be hospitalized in three years. I haven't had to, you know, call an ambulance in the middle of the night because I'm like, I am in so much pain. Yeah. Um, which I go, wow, that says a lot too. I go, I don't know how I can explain it for it to make sense to anyone listening, other than it was just that moment of going, Well, I've tried, I can't get a diagnosis. Here's a meditation that's saying, let's acknowledge your pain. And it, and it worked. But I think also I was open for it to work as well, which is a huge part of any healing is you have to be open to it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, any healing, anything really. If, in, if, if there's any part of you that's, un, if, if there's any part of me that's unwilling to really open to, re, to receive to it, like, because you could have done the exact same meditation at the exact same time and had a small part of it that was like, oh, this is probably not going to work, you know. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, who are you kidding? <laughs> and, 
and then yeah. then done the same meditation five years down the track and relieve the pain and go, damn it, <laughs> save myself some hospital visits. But it is, there's, there's, like we said before, there's just, there's things that you just, you don't, um, really when I think it probably happens is you, for you anyway, you don't need to explain it. So whether, even though the words would and are technically hard to find, to explain what happened, yeah. Today, it's not 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 necessarily a who cares approach, but it's it is what it is again, isn't it? It's yeah. like it, it, it worked for you, and it worked for you because you were open to, um, open to just open in general, open to let something else happen as opposed to continuing to, um, continuing to wait for the pain to come to you, and go to the hospital. You know, you sort of you met it on a different you met it on a different level, didn't you? In in some. Yeah some sense and was able to work with it without it um yeah without it being too you know physically painful and again yeah just accepting it for what it is without the expectations yeah yeah Yeah, for sure yeah which is which is hard oh absolutely as we've said (laughs) um another thing that paul likes to um say and use is and again it's probably not paul's thing but is is um is Using the um, using the skill to try and describe something to a twelve year old to make it simple. Um, and the reason why I'm caveating to this next question is because this um, the void as we know it is something that's probably not known to many people, if anybody, and the people that it's probably known to. Um, they might have their own ideas of it, and that, again, no right, no right or wrong here. Um, but I'm interested to hear you try and explain it to a 12-year-old. Um, doesn't have to be a perfect 12-year-old, but a, a simplified way of the void as we've come to know it. Yeah. So when I read this question this morning, I was like, "Oh, okay, nice. Throw that in there. What am I going to think of?" And before I could even think, it was just this picture of the night sky. Mm. Um, and so sitting with that afterwards, if I had to explain the void to a 12-year-old, it would be just to lie down in the grass yep. at night time with no artificial lights around, just look at the night sky and its complete darkness and brightness yep. and just see it for what it is. It's infinite. We don't know where it ends. We don't know where it starts, mm-hmm. um, and we don't know the potential of it because it's unknown. It's not completely discovered. And so for me to say to it, I would say, yeah, look at the night sky and that's the void. There's darkness, yet there's also light in the stars that we see. There's magic and creativity in the shooting stars that we see in the, you know, unexplainable events that do happen in what we call space. And to me, that is the void. It's infinite. It doesn't end. It doesn't begin. It goes, it just, it is what it is. And we can't have the darkness without the lightness because the lightness can't exist either without the darkness. Because if we have a candle, you've got shadow. You don't just have a straight candle. You know, if you've, if you've sort of put the flame on the candle, you're going to have a shadow somewhere. And it's like if you don't have, um, you know, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that you've got the stars, they're the, the lightness and the magic we can go into, you know, and then we've also got the darkness in between. And there's no positive negative. It's sort of they're in this balance of it is 
what it is and its magic and there's potential to be created. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like discovered. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like that potential. I, I like the fact that the, you know, that there's, it's creativity and it's unlimited potential, you, you know, and thinking about it now, I've actually a 12 year old might be different, but you wouldn't actually probably have to explain that to my kids because they would still already know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause I re- yeah. Well, I was reflecting on it. As soon as I thought of the night sky, I was just like, I remember being a kid um, and coming down to the coast of my parents' property. And it was my brother and I would just lie under the night sky for hours and be like, you guys are going to go to bed. It's like, no, we're not like, freezing yeah. cold and we're looking up at the sky and you know you'd freak yourself out out as a kid because you'd go where does it end what's out there where does you know what is it but it's kind of exciting too yeah it, but it can be terrifying as well yeah that's what i was just about to say it can yeah. be terrifying because i know the first uh, few times um i sat down with the intention of meeting that void um more often than not when i do it i go i actually i do what you just said i go to like i go to space i go to fucking somewhere that is absolutely nowhere near there is absolutely nothing around and um other than yeah just the galaxy obviously and the the first couple of times it was kind of scary and what i actually did realize is when i was scared i wasn't able to stay there yeah so the, the fear prevented me from staying there for whatever reason. It's probably got to do with the next part where the potential come through to it. Because then when I wasn't scared of it anymore and I was just like, just like, just embraced it. That was when, that was when the, that was when it became beautiful. So it was the exact same thing. And I could, I, at one point in time, I was just like, holy fuck, where am I? I'm <laughs> <laughs> here, you know what I mean? But and then when, when I was faced with the fear more often than not, I wouldn't be ready for the void and um i'd i'd find myself run from it you know and then when i um sort of just sat with it and just was like oh well, you know like i think i don't know if it was exactly this but it, it was something along the lines of like fuck what about if i'm like you know when you you know you're not going to but the the, the part of you there's a there was a part that come through to me that was like oh what about if you're stuck here you know what I mean? Like, and then that, that's what actually I think makes you scared. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Imagine if I yeah, am I leaving this behind? Like, am yeah. I, yeah. Am I, I'm leaving everything behind. And, and I think that was what scared the fuck out of me. And then, then when I realized that if I was stuck there, that everything would be okay, regardless, that was when I was able to actually sit there. And then that was, that was when it was, that was where I felt the potential and where it felt beautiful for me. Cause I was just able to sit down. I was just like, Oh fuck, this is like, this is amazing. Lifting. <laughs> you feel like you, when you allow yourself to be still in that space and you, um, yeah, allow yourself to be there, you feel like you've been rejuvenated. Like it's like almost like your battery pack being powered up again. It's just like, wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. After it, I've, I've definitely felt like, um, yeah, just felt so so content, just like, so, it's again, so, so easy, just like, oh, man, I feel so, everything feels like loose and you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> good about it. Um, it lasts a certain, certain amount of time. Um, I have one more question, but I want to, before I ask you, I am curious if anything's come up during the podcast that you feel the need to bring up? There's no yes or no. I'm just. 
pressures on. No, 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 no pressure. Stop ticking. Okay. You've got um, things to do and you get to go if you want. I'm just. No, no, um, no. I, no, I don't. I don't think I. I have any like. Not that I feel that's come up that I feel need to. To share. Yeah, um, that's again. Yeah. That's fine and honouring. But I love the question. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm just quite content. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. No, it's been it's been nice. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah. So I didn't ask you this question. Yeah, I was going to say, say I didn't throw a curveball. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's not a curveball. I've I decided, um, well, obviously, none, given that none of the other podcasts are yet to be released, you don't know what this question is. But I'm going. I, I decided that I'd, um, at least until I don't feel like doing it anymore, I'm going to ask the same question, just just that one question each week of every week. Yeah. Um, and again, the beauty about this question is there's no right or wrong answer. So, um, what does the present moment mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I gotta go. I got another call. I gotta go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm unemployed, but I gotta go. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, what does the present moment mean to me? My um, beautiful grandma actually shared with me. Um, I think I actually shared it on our chat line the other week. It was a Vietnamese monk. I can't remember his name, but it was like our appointment with life is the present moment, mm. and. I think the present moment, what does it mean for me, is just being completely, like, just in a place of complete gratitude. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that's whatever I'm doing and just really just being right, like, just right here, not worrying about, you know, what I've got to do in 10 minutes or, you know, what I've got to get from the shops or what so-and-so said about being here or there or whatnot. It's really just being able to, you know, if it's, walking on the beach to be able to feel the sand between my feet and go, I'm not in a rush to get to the end and get back. I can look out at the ocean and I can just allow the sun to touch my skin. I can allow myself to just solely be and have that, you know, it comes back to that breath again, to breathe in and just that breath of gratitude. Yeah. Like, um, you know, especially in the last couple of months, I feel like that's what it is. It's just this breathing in gratitude of going, wow, this is life. Like how cool is this? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think the pre what does it yeah represent for me right now is just that gratitude for life. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's beautiful you say that because it's 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 a hard one to remember when things aren't going the way we want them to. Yeah. However, having that appreciation for having the appreciation and the gratitude just for how things are. Yeah. Well, like I said to you before, like if this was two months ago, me getting let go, yeah. I would be like, I can't afford this to happen. Like this is not good. Like there's all these things that need to be done. But like today I woke up and went, oh, I'm going for a walk with a friend. Oh, I'll come home, go for a walk with my mum and my dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I could do some gardening. Yeah. Like going, you know, it's actually all right. I can just choose to be right here right now and know, trust that it will be okay. Yes. And I guess that comes back to that, yeah, that gratitude of going, I'm just grateful for what I've got right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's always so much to be grateful for. Get to live yeah. Even lives. when she hits the fan. <laughs> you, you can watch it flying going, oh, no, I'm going to be grateful for you one day. <laughs> just don't know when. <laughs> but Wait I'll remember. <laughs> Wait for the off the fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. No, that was great. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tilly. Um, 
let people know where they can find you, please. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, my business is Mana Movement. Yes. So that M-A-N-A Movement. And on Instagram, I should know this, Mana Movement underscore, I think. <laughs> you can tell I'm really socially good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> socially good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you can find me there. I um, do have a website. I just haven't completed it, but it's manamovement.com. Um, but you'll be able to find my information there to be able to contact and call me. I'm based down in Bermagui, which is a little town on the far south coast of um, New South Wales, but I do offer online training as well. Um, yeah. So, no, I think I look at this, and this is my gratefulness, is that this opportunity of being letting go is me to be able to finally step into what minor movement is and what I'm wanting to offer without the distraction of other things. Which is terrifying, but that's all right. See the gift already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You're starting yeah. to un un unwrap that gift, and you know, you know, you know, it's what you, you know, it's the right timing. You know, it's divine. Yeah, timing, yeah. I'm jumping off the cliff. Jumping I'm not. Off. I'm still falling. I don't know if I'm flying <laughs> yet. I haven't reached the bottom. Get a couple of branches on the way down. <laughs> There's a little bit of blood, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My head fell off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to find it. <laughs> No, that's good. All right, sweet. Thanks, Tilly. Um, well, no, thank you, Mitch. It's so beautiful that you're sharing this with everyone and you're getting your big, beautiful energy out there for everyone to listen and learn from. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time. It's been um, it's been good. It's been, um, it's I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a good good little lesson. I've learned a lot. Um, thinking it's going to be, it's, I'm, I'm excited. I'm trying not to overthink the excitement for uh last year next year so i'm trying to <laughs> yeah where will we be in a year's time we recently that's the thing like of, yeah. of, of the i don't know what people who know me have noticed externally but for me internally the last couple of years um yeah really the, the words don't do it justice like the the way that I'm able to um, see the world and also see myself. Um, so to know to know that there's an, another year of fun to be had makes it quite interesting to know where it will be. Yeah, buckle up. I'm sure it will be a big roller coaster. Also, also <laughs> It'll be a fun one. <laughs> but no, it is true because I like I look at my mum now. who's what I think six months into open to channel, mm -hmm. and. You, you look at it and you go, you can't explain the change, but you can see the change and, like, yeah, you can't explain see it. how much she has opened up to herself and can see and acknowledge the parts of her that I guess we see and acknowledge every day of her. But for her to be able to finally see it, I just go, wow, I'm so grateful for this work because now mum can see her light, you know, that we all see. Um, but also, yeah, it is amazing to be able to watch the journey, like, for example, yesterday I put on a pair of football boots. I don't play sport, but, um, well, like, I don't know. I've always done independent sport, do things my own way, very stubborn. And if Jack, my partner, taught me that in our first year of our relationship, 
I don't know if we'd be together still because <laughs> like we're the sort of people that will go play cards at the cafe and we'll end up not talking because we're both very competitive. <laughs> but yesterday I was like, yep, got my football boots on. I'm ready to learn. Left my ego in the car and it ended up being so much fun. And I was just like, this wouldn't have happened yeah. three years ago. I would have gotten so stubborn and on my little high horse yeah. that I would have been trying to teach him how to play soccer, even though I have no idea how to play soccer. <laughs> but yeah. it was just like I had a moment yesterday of just going, Wow, good job, Tilly. Like you've been able to really just step back. Yeah. So, yeah, tooting my own horn. Okay. Yeah, I was just about to say, pat yourself. Yesterday. Off there. You're going to have to pat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Tilly. Good job. No, but it is like you look back and it's hard to sort of physically verbalize the change that you've had in the 12 months or the 24 months. Yeah. You can definitely notice the shifts. And I think people around you, they do notice the shifts. They might not say it, but even you can see how your relationships with people and, you know, the way that things are happening in life, there's a lot more ease and flow compared to, like for me personally, compared to say three, four years ago. Yeah. So it's just, it's really cool to witness. So, yeah, this next 12 months, oh, what's it going to bring? The path of mystery. <laughs> We're both still sane enough to have another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could do one in 12 months, year of reflection. We could, yeah, we could. We could say, I'm covered in we shit. Could, the fan just exploded. We to get there and we're like, no, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much expectation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have to redo it. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Tilly. No, thanks, Mitch. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe wherever your ears choose to listen and leave a review if this podcast has helped broaden that horizon. I'd love to hear from you and what you got out of this episode. Stay weird, be yourself, and above all, remember to step over the ants.